We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas. We wish you a Merry Christmas from the interleague <laughs> and a Happy New Year. You're so ridiculous. Why? I don't know, Christmas. man. This is technically the Christmas <laughs> episodes, man. It is, man. That's Just because we didn't talk about it yeah. still being the Christmas episode doesn't mean we're not we weren't gonna make it the Christmas episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. hey, man. Uh, it just caught me off guard. Yeah. Caught me off guard. Unless, that was an intro. Unless you're man. trying to like, you know, tell our viewers you're against Christmas. No, 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 no. Pro Christmas. So I'm Pro about Christmas to put on here. Twitter right now. I just had me. <laughs> <laughs> one half of the interleague podcast grinch pro christmas pro christmas <laughs> super pro christmas for it for it for it for it um cool. but yeah we're, we're back we uh i guess we we made like a last second decision i guess not last second we decided pretty early on monday last week not to worry about recording um it was a busy day for work for me, so I was kind of behind in getting anything prepped. And then even looking, there's absolutely nothing that went on last week, um, or at least nothing vital. So we were like, "Eh, let's we'll just take a week off. We'll, uh, you know, give it Refresh some time. The old engines. Yeah. Get through the holiday, you know, the first part of the holidays, um, and then come come back in hot. To, you know, for for tonight, episode thirty three. You know, we had a new year on the horizon maybe put this uh terrible 2020 behind us it's just been a shit show after a shit show and with the interleague's about to uh apply for a uh, a ppe loan you know through the government because you know covid really hitting uh hitting the podcast hard so 2021 you know we're about to invest you know and we have uh i feel like we have a new goal now like um, right before we went live, we were we were checking out the Twitters, see if anyone was on there, and there was a, a post from none other than than a fan of the show, Trevor Bauer. Huge uh, fan of the show, shout out, <laughs> shout out Bauer Adage. <laughs> um, and I guess he posted like he just I don't know how how the connection came about happening or whatever, but he basically just like hit a dude up that was like a fan of the Padres, and was like. Yo, bro, like five minutes, pitch me on why I should sign with San Diego. And like, I, I wanted, I want that to be me and you for the Yankees and the Cardinals. Like, we could do that. Like that guy, like no his stuff. No one off of our teams are gonna do that. Zero oh. people. Well, well, Bauer's a free agent. So that's what I'm saying. Like, we need to, we need to hit him up. And be like, hey man, let us let oh, us pitch oh, you. Oh, hit up Bauer, not like yeah. hard players. Like actually, no. like, oh, Bauer, give me five. Yeah, let, give me five. Give me well, five. I minutes. couldn't really have five minutes because like I I might be able to argue it, but then like my final argument would be against myself and it'd be like the Cardinals will never pay you. So. <laughs> number one reason, number one reason yeah. why you'll come here yeah. is because you only want a one year contract. Yeah. yeah, give me give me three words. The Cardinal way. He's gonna be like that. Probably means no social media for my ass. Yeah, most likely, dude. Most likely, dude. True. True. Jack is already trending water in the organization, like, and he like does not have as much of a social presence as you do. So, so I thought it was pretty cool. I again, I don't know how the connection came about. Um, he hit him up on like Facetime, so I don't know that he had to have his number or anything like that. So maybe he didn't know ahead of time. I don't really know. 
Um, if an unknown number called me, I probably wouldn't answer. So I would at least I'm not going to answer it as FaceTime. Um, yeah, definitely so I, not so FaceTime know. in my Grinch sweater. Um, yeah. And like his phone, like it's just weird angle too. Like the whole time the phone's just below him, you know? Yeah. And his hand was shaky. He obviously said he was yeah. nervous a handful of times. Yeah. It was cool. It was legit. Like, yeah. I'm not saying that I wouldn't be flustered and I wouldn't be nervous, but this dude legitly seemed like he didn't have anything prepared. And if that were the case, like, A, it would be surprising. Like, if you had no notice and, like, Bauer to surprise me with a phone call, it might take me a minute to get my shit together. But if you have it coming into it, like, you gotta have cliff notes or something. Like, get just have your pitch there for you for reference. You know, whatever. Like, if he, if he went off, like, if he just, you know, winged the whole thing. Have your notepad up, you know, don't <laughs> yeah. be staring at your Bauer. Be staring at the notepad. Let the phone camera do the work, dude. Don't be yeah, staring at yourself. Like, Talking to Trevor Bauer. Yeah, I mean, I've like been there before. Maybe, <laughs> right. oh, maybe we should invite dude. Maybe we should find out his information and get him on the podcast. Then. Yeah, just and ask him like how it came about. Damn, yeah, how it came about. I think we he says his he says his name. I think it's like Billy Myers or something, Bobby yeah. Myers or something like that. Yeah. We can we can try to track him down. We know what he looks like, so we can try to find yeah. him on the social medias. Yeah, we're gonna. You know what he reminded me of though? Um, what's the uh, uh, what is it? The other guys when uh, uh, Will Ferrell goes to his ex's house. And, oh yeah, and the, the other guys, guys like trying to. That's yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Sorry if 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 anyone doesn't know, they have no idea what we. It's yeah, Christina. <laughs> yeah. Anybody that hasn't seen the movie has no idea the moment that we just had, where like we yeah. knew what we were talking about, but we never explained it. Um, I forget what the you, actor's name you, is. You would think that I have hair everywhere because of the beard. <laughs> No. Yeah. No. Smooth as Hair. steel. Hairless from here on. Um what's yeah. that guy's name? I'm gonna look it up real quick. He's been in, in quite a quite a bit of other things. Um Oh, did we just sit Josh Allen? Sorry, dude. I'm not trying to that's football podcast is next, but we sat we sat Josh we sat Josh Allen for the rest of the game. No, uh oh. Fantasy stuff taking a hit. You know, you know, you know. It's all good. <clears throat> Anywho. What are you looking up his name? Um uh, I'm a chem uh I am attempting to, but I just I already have it. I, cause I can't, I can't find it. Like it, he's not Other like guys on IMDb. Yeah, that's what I'm looking at. But he's not like readily listed. Like I don't see his picture anywhere. It's like I don't know if I'm just like looking over it or or what the deal is. Oh, here, let's. Uh... But but they're they're oh, clearly yeah. not. They're not in any you know special order or relevant order because Derek Jeter is listed before Mark Wahlberg in the in the casting credits on IMDb. Cause I can't even find like so so there's Christina. Is it is it this guy? Yeah, okay. Uh Brett Gelman. Okay, Brett Gelman. Yeah, that that's the guy's name. I'm trying to say, like, I I feel like he's been in a 
and a handful of other things in just like smaller rolls. Um, Well, he wasn't in anything really. Yeah, I feel like I've seen him in other things for sure. Yeah, he wasn't in anything beforehand. Although apparently there is like a a short movie, like a just a movie short that they did, and it's at home with Hal and Christina. Oh, really? Yeah, that could be funny. <laughs> so I might need. I'm gonna check that out. Um, he was in Thirty Minutes or Less. Um, it's in a couple episodes of the league. Maybe that's what I've seen him in. Yeah, is the league. He's in a couple episodes of Drunk History. He's pretty much living life, dude. You know. Yeah, I mean, they're like episodes the, here. Yeah, he not was as in... much as uh, who was the female actor? Who was the actress that we looked up? Uh, and she was just in everything. For like the last fifteen years, um, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, yeah not yeah. as good as Elizabeth Banks quietly has been. Yeah, he's, no, he's, he's been here. in. Yeah, he's been in a ton. Um, oh, that that's what it is. He was in uh, a, like five episodes, or he was in a, a decent amount of episodes of um, Stranger Things. Oh, okay. Yeah, he's Murray Ballman, and and mm. that like the. Like if you haven't seen it, he's like the crazy conspiracy conspiracy mm-hmm. theorist that's in there. Um, yeah. But yeah, that's what it is. I was like, I know there's something big I've seen him in recently. But that's what it was. Anyway, our movie podcasts are you know every odd dated Wednesday. Yeah, we're just prepping for that at the beginning of this yeah. one. We had like ten minutes to cover a block of ten minutes, <laughs> so we figured we just do work for the other podcasts. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. But, no but, this is our podcast. We type, do what we want, dude. We're the type, Emmy type. winners around here, okay? Truth. We are definitely. I, I don't know if podcasts get Emmys, but ours did. So, you know, you do the math. Yeah, it's up to you. To decide, <laughs> you know I mean? Um, but yeah. Go so, so yeah, he if he did if if this gentleman did it all like off the cuff though, he did a decent job. Uh. He said all the right things. It felt a lot like a post game interview. Um but but it's cool. Like I I feel like the you know, in three words, you know, tell me why, you know, tell me about the Padres fan base. Like I feel like my three words were better. Uh what did he go with? Faithful, hungry, and passionate. And yeah. my three words the were key. Yeah, my three words were bikini clad babes. <laughs> Yeah. So. Spags's words were dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. <laughs> money, money, money. Right. Uh, Mine was also dollar signs, dollar signs, dollar signs. <laughs> it was just that they were, that's what the Cardinals saw, and it was, that's too yeah. much money. That's too much money. Yeah. Um, that's not true. Mine was the Cardinal way. Irreplaceable. Three million forever, always. Even this year, three million. It counts. We checked. It was a whole separate podcast. But yeah, so uh, I guess you know we're 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 back. 
um, after a week off, like we said. Um, oh, yeah, we just ended at the week off part. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> it's all good. Um, no, I mean, we, we said a little bit or whatever. But basically, in taking that week off, there's still no nothing. A lot has happened in baseball. Not a lot has happened in the Yankee or Cardinals camps. Um, Literally, like, looking through the most interesting things that I could come up with, because, like like I've said on previous podcasts, like, essentially, I just kind of scour through, like, MLB.com, SanLuisCardinals.com, NewYorkYankees.com, look at CBS Sports, uh, ESPN, um, look out what's on Twitter, like, just kind of do rounds of, like, what's what, what's going on, what what information I can ingest and then that I think is worthy enough um, to regurgitate in my own thoughts back onto our podcast. Uh, and it's, it seemed to work for us so far, or at least for me, I don't know. And the, the two and a half listeners we have, um, but it's fun. Yeah. We're like the react dandies of the baseball world. You know, we don't have, <laughs> we have like real, <laughs> we have like real jobs. Yeah. Like we can't be out here like, like sourcing interviews and so we just yeah. gotta, we were uh, getting our information. It should just be truthful information. Here's our opinion about it and how it affects our team. You know, exactly. There uh, it is the interleague. But yeah, so so obviously, like we we've gone off. Like I we we state that we're a Yankees fan, Cardinals fan, talking about baseball, which is 100% accurate. Um, the, those are our teams. You know, Chris bleeds, Cardinal red. I bleed pinstripes. Um, it's the way it goes, but I don't know if you can bleed pinstripes, by the way. So don't, Hey, don't question me, man. Don't tell me what I know, Travis. I'm going to be questioning that. I think (laughs) Yeah. shout out on the, shout out on, uh, the Twitter. If you think you can bleed pinstripes, we'll put up a poll later. (laughs) It's fine. We'll get one response from me saying, yes, I do. (laughs) No, no. Your cousin will probably reply. (laughs) Maybe, maybe he'll probably side with me. So let's get probably. Um, so anywho, but yeah, um, so we, we try to make sure we, we at least talk about something interesting going on in the realm of our teams, um, on each episode. Uh, it's kind of where we start. Usually that takes a little bit longer than what we think, but most of this is going to be talking about how our teams aren't doing anything and the other moves that are being made and how. Why, why we think our teams should have been able to make those same moves. However, yeah. before we get into that, we'll, we'll cover the, the news that's specifically designed for each of our teams. <laughs> yeah, nice. I don't, I don't know if you've looked over the agenda at all. I, I had, why well, just before the episode, that's why I was trying to, I, I had been thinking about it for like the past, you know, two weeks, pretty much. Um, that I had to get office reinstalled, but I didn't, I couldn't find the USB kind of forgot about it. Um, so I did figure out how to get one note open. I'm signed into it right now. Um, but I don't have it office downloaded on my computer. I gotta figure that. I gotta get a download for it. Gotcha. Uh, if you tune in to our podcast, um, making life easy with office, um, it records the third Friday of every month. Nice. Nice. Uh, check that out. And uh, sure, sure you'll find the content you're looking for. That's my YouTube channel. <laughs> How to office? How to office? Twenty twenty one. How to office? Not out of office. Out of <laughs> yeah, office. but out of yeah. office. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Out <laughs> of office. 
Uh, <laughs> just go ahead and put up your how to office message. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like it's like our equivalent of just fucking Google it for me or yeah, yeah, yeah. let me Google that for you. Yeah. I, <laughs> see, I always thought that like Googling, because everyone uses the Google it, I always figured, <clears throat> thought that um, uh, they should release, do a, a spinoff of Ask Jeeves, but be AskSheldon.com. Um, while that show was hot and it, it got so much traffic over there, they were taking Google out. Probably. But and like some, Google. sometimes it didn't even give you the answers. It just gave you like condescending information. Yeah, where like bazingas. You, yeah, like yeah. bazingas are like just condescendingly <laughs> telling you things that you should already know. Yeah, like yeah, yeah. What, what do you get when you mix red and blue? You know, and like he just has like, that's beneath me. <laughs> like, yeah. You know, like that, that like, sort of air about oh, it. That's, that's you gotta get, that's you have to go to, uh, What's his roommate's name? Um, Leonard. Yeah, that's askleonard.com. <laughs> <clears throat> um, or it'd probably be like, what do you get if you mix red and blue together? And what what he what was Wallowitz, uh physicist? <laughs> oh, uh, an, en- <laughs> an engineer. An engineer, yeah. So you'd probably be like an engineer's degree. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's like that. be an engineer's degree. Yeah, something like that. Oh, we're taking Cole Beasley out of the game too. <laughs> oh, oh man, your your fancy teams is getting ripped oh, apart in the playoffs. Dude. Yeah, it's all my fault, dude. I told you how many points I had on the bench. It's directly my fault. It's not the Bills' fault for sure, but yeah, it's not helping. That's for sure. <clears throat> um, so anyway, so the reason why I asked if you had looked over the one note is because the only interesting things that I could find in terms of articles that you know came up on our teams were something that like MLB.com put out, I believe for, for probably every team, but it was like how their current nickname came about, like came into usage and became accepted by the general public. Um, and like when I first saw it for the Yankees, I was like, oh man, like I actually don't know how they came up with it being the New York Yankees. Um, and then I also was unaware of why the Cardinals are the Cardinals. Um, obviously, they the Car- they weren't the Cardinals initially, um, but that's what they've gone by for quite a while now. Um, so I just briefly took a note of what those were, and essentially, both teams can you know give like like kudos to writers and their local cities at the time. Because that's just like it was a writer in both situations that coined the term and started calling the team as such. Um, so for the Yankees, they were initially called the Highlanders. Kind of a cool name. But a newspaper writer, like you know, this was like early 1900s, like 1903, 1904, something like that, um, didn't like the name and started to call them the Yanks and Yankees, like. On, on the back of, you know, that whole, that whole, you know, spiel going on. But they started, he started to use the term Yanks because it fit better into headlines. So it took up less space and less ink and it was easier to print. So I started calling them the New York Yanks. And then that just progressed into the Yankees. And then the general public just started calling them that. And then they just took it on as their moniker. But they were initially the New York Islanders. And I was like, oh, that's cool. So so they're the Yanks because their newspaper company was a newspaper writer was cheap as fuck and got it. Were they still in were they still in pinstripes as the Highlanders? Um that or I honestly don't like know. A, 
like a Highlander. Yeah, they probably like, just said Highlander, right? Like they probably way back then they probably weren't like ditching. Yeah, I don't know, but apparently, like the first time it was ever they were ever referred to as that way is it was like, um, Yanks make trip, like make trip for uh following like make trip from south following spring training or something like that, um or whatever. And then, like, the next headline for, like, their opener was, like, Yankees beat Boston. Hmm. And, like, those those were, like, the first two times, like, that they were referred to as the Yankees, like, in print or anything like that. I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. Um, but I just thought it was interesting. Like, eh, Highlanders is way too many letters. <laughs> so I'm going to call them something different. Nice. Um, and then with the Cardinals... So, um, they came over, obviously, uh, so it was, like, the whole, whole spiel with, like, Cleveland, like, they were still the Spiders at that time, they were unhappy with, like, having a winning team, but their fan base, like, wasn't doing anything, like, like, they weren't celebrating the team at all, so they brought their team over to St. Louis, and that was, like, the St. Louis Browns or whatever, and the the current Browns team went to Cleveland or some crap like that. I was reading. Um, but so, so this, it was originally the perfectos and then a newspaper writer overheard a fan refer to their new uniforms that were like, like that had like red as a primary color, um, in their uniform. And the fan said, made the comment, um, that the uniforms were a lovely shade of Cardinal. And that it was like Cardinal Red was like what they're referring to. Um, and um, a writer overheard that and then started referencing them as the Cardinals. And then that eventually became the team name. Hmm. And I was like, that's really weird. <laughs> like, that's pretty cool. Yeah, I was like, cool. Like, all right. Like, I'm just going to, like, yeah, I'm, I'm a writer. I'm just going to start calling the team something different. It just makes me wonder that, like, if everybody was up in arms about, you know, like the Braves and Redskins and Chiefs, like, why didn't a sports writer just start calling them something different, you know? And they can just go with that. Like, why didn't Cleveland just adorn being called the tribe, you know, instead of the Indians? Yeah, like, I wonder how, like, can we petition? I Probably not even petition, but, like, we could probably make an argument. Like, we went over some name changes. Yeah. Might be good names for our teams. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. Yeah. Um, but that was really it. And in the realm of what I would consider interesting and or good news, like positive news in both nice. camps. Um, like I said, I, got, I thought they were good reads. Uh, it seems like they probably have one for all the teams. So if you're interested in more, MLB.com, check out the team's websites directly, um, and you'll probably find them. But other than that, this has been an extremely quiet, extremely boring offseason, and uh, I'm not a fan at the way my team is approaching it. I'm I'm True. impatient. I'm impatient, man. And maybe I'm spoiled. Like it's not it's not too late. Um You're all spoiled. the names all the names we throw out for players that we think they should go after are still available. So they haven't missed out on any of the, the big guys we'd like to see them sign, but they just aren't doing anything and like our teams aren't really associated with any of these of the, the big names we throw around. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. 
Um, it's know, fair. I, I more, I more expect out of my team, but I am heavily surprised that your team has not been at least a late contender on one of these pushes. Like at least like their name getting thrown around in the conversation. Like I understand that you might not be willing to like financially commit to that money, but there's no saying that you have to act like you're not interested, you know, like right. you're, you're not, like, now you're telling everyone like, yo, like don't come at me with shit. I ain't spending money, you know, like it ain't happening. But like in reality, if something like was good, you know, work for both sides, maybe you took on a little bit less money or maybe you took on a little bit of money. Maybe you find a way for the other team to take on a little bit of money. Like, I think it's just more openness to be like, Hey, I'm at least in the hat on these players. And that way other players would be like, well, yeah, the Yankees were in on that. Right. Like, cool. Like they're trying to make their team better. Like the Cardinals over and over and over again, are just like, man, we're just not in on that guy. That's just like not our guy. So I'm sure that we, that players like look at the Cardinals sometimes are like, eh, they might sign me and then no one else. <laughs> so yeah. why would I want to go there? You know? So I don't know. I think with yeah. the Yankees, at least, like they should have had their name in the hat um, with this Darvish deal. They they definitely should have had their at least name in the hat. Um, but it seems like the Padres just pulled that one out of their, well, their you know what? Well, <laughs> it's it's been in in the works for a while though. Like Darvish being on the trade dead block has been something that they've discussed for really like since the winter meetings kind of came up. So the better part of the last two or three weeks. Yeah. Um, and where, where, yeah, like the Yankees farm system isn't, isn't amazing. Like it's not phenomenal by any means, but there are, there are arms there. There are, there is talent down there for sure. Um, and looking at like what the Padres gave up in these deals, like it isn't a whole hell of a lot. Like, yeah, like you probably could have given them better major league ready arms. Like in the, in the Darvish deal that they made tonight, they gave up four prospects, none of them all that amazing. And really the big thing they wanted back was major league ready pitching. So like if you could have given them like uh like a Debbie Garcia or, you know, like cool, like here you go, Debbie Garcia, Clark Schmidt, maybe one other guy. So you're you're giving up like two guys, like a guy that's already pitched a bulk of time, or be done with the whole Domingo Herman thing and just throw in Herman and Debbie like and Davy Garcia and be like, All right, here you go. Like Herman Garcia, one other prospect, you know, here you go. Like, and we'll, yep. we'll take on the money. Seems like that's just as good of a deal, if not better than what San Diego gave up. And now you have Darvish locked up through 2023, someone to slot behind Cole. Like you're, you're just in a much better spot because you're, you, you don't have that currently. Yeah. Like you, that's what you need. And you're, there's options out there to go get it. And San Diego put that deal together on the heels of trading for Blake Snell the night before. Yeah. Yeah. Who also knows, though, like what you Darvish kind of put himself a little bit more back together. Um, he was good in Texas, but I don't think he was as good as he was with the Cubs in Texas. I'd have to look at his numbers. For sure. He, he I wasn't. feel like this year was kind of like a bounce back year for him. So, like, really, maybe you're selling up. But, like, he's going to be around so many other good pitching. And that team, obviously, he's got a good pitching coach. Like, you know, um, I, so it probably makes it makes a lot of sense for them, for sure. It's just, it is nuts. Yeah, I mean, he, like, like Darvish, like, wasn't, he wasn't bad. Like, there, there was never a point in time where he was like, oh, man, your numbers in Texas were atrocious. Um, like, he had strong showing there. Uh, when he went to the Dodgers, like, 
his last his last go round in like his his last few years in Texas weren't as great. And then when he went uh when he went to the Dodgers at like the end of two thousand seventeen, um where he went for like kind of their playoff push it it was he was okay at best like he was pretty mediocre not in spectacular and then his first couple years in chicago were meh um but a lot of it was like more health related um because like in in 2018 he only made 10 starts um and only and only eight of those were at the majors but then in 2019 you know he made 31 starts sub four era not spectacular, but he struck out 230 guys in 178 innings. Like that's pretty pretty strong numbers. Um, and then you know he kind of put it together way more in 2020. Obviously, um, you know 12 starts, a two ERA, eight and three, struck out 93 guys in 76 innings. Um, you know had had a Cy Young caliber year but you know pitching the same league as trevor bauer so sorry for you tough loss he finished second you know whatever so it seems like he started to kind of piece it together um he is on the older side i mean he's 33 but again like you're it like he's locked up not super long term like three years is what you got out of him so it's not like you only get him for one year and then you either got to be in this weird scenario where you're going to re-up for a couple years and he's 34, and now you're going to sign him till he's 37, 38 years old um, to a big deal. Like, now you're getting him here. You didn't give up a whole lot. And the Padres were the youngest team in baseball in 2020 by, like, uh, like not by a lot over Seattle, but I think, like, the next closest to Seattle was, like, on average was, like, half a year older. It's, like, six months older than the, like on average than the, the next team or whatever. Um, but they're the youngest team in baseball for average age on the roster. Um, so their, their prospects really don't matter. Um, so I, I, I think they're, they're doing the exact thing that they should be doing. Um, and it's really like what Houston was able to do. It's what Chicago was able to do. And both those teams turn these things into a, world series with like hey we have a whole bunch of young talent they added a couple key pieces and now they're going to go out and they added you know their their big pitching staff to go along with it um because like we were talking about earlier like even if you had clevenger and lamette healthy for the postseason that dodgers you know padre series looks completely different and it like i think the dodgers swept like i think they took it in three it might have been four um but I I don't think the Padres really got blown out. Um, they just didn't have. They didn't have the pitching to keep up. Yeah, like it it just I'm I'm bringing it up real quick. Um, and they're still gonna hit. They haven't lost any of their hitters, and they signed another infielder. Um, you know this next what is out of the uh, KBO Korean, or whatever yeah, Korean league. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, the Dodgers yeah. did sweep 3-0. Um, trying to see here. Um, yeah, 5-1, 6-5, and then they got blown out in game three, uh, 12-3. But it was 
Uh, Garrett Richards took the loss in game one. Zach Davies took the loss in game two. And Adrian Morjan, which is a bullpen start, took the loss in game three. So say the same scenario happens in 2021, you're looking at those starts probably being you Darvish, Blake Snell, Denilson Lamette. Look at 2022. Now you're looking at take your pick of 1A, 1B, 1C being Clevenger, Darvish, Snell. Then you have Lamette and Chris Paddock. And so in a, in a situation where like Paddock was like the potential ace going into the 2019 season, now he's going to be your number five guy three seasons later. That's insane. Um, They're hella young and they're returning all eight of their starters from last year. Like their position starters, all eight of them are returning and they still went out and added guys. Like you were saying, um, the, the infielder that they signed. Yeah, I don't know how to pronounce his name yet, but his last name's Cam. Uh, yeah, like yeah, Ha Young or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, like I was I was reading the stuff guy looks on like him. He yeah, like he seven years in Korea and he's only twenty five, so he's been playing professional <laughs> baseball since he was eighteen. Yeah. Um he, he plays breaks. yeah, he plays third base and shortstop, which granted they probably don't need on a regular basis with Tatis Jr. and Machado on the left side. But if you can play the left side of the infield, you probably can play second. Um, Jake Cronenworth is their projected starting second baseman. Um, you can shift him out to the outfield just, you know, just as easily. Um, he also plays an outfield position. So you could get Kim every day at bats there if need be. Um, but in those seven years, he batted, um, just shy, yeah, it's like just shy of 300 and he slugged just shy of 500. In yeah. 2020, in like 130, 35, 140 games, something like that, uh, I think he hit like three, 300-something, 306, and hit 30 home runs. Yeah. So, yeah. like, he definitely can hit. And if you're looking at, like, an infield, that it's going to be Hosmer at first, Kim at second, Tatis Jr. at short, Machado at third, and then they have Austin Nola, who they also added last year behind the plate. Um, and then Victor Cartini, who came over in the Darvish deal, is like Darvish's personal catcher in Chicago. So you have natural rest for Nola worked in because you have you have the personal catcher for Darvish. And who knows, like maybe Cartini works out with someone else as well. And that's that's just what your future looks like. And you're going to give Nola three starts a week and. Cartini's going to get two, you know, something along those lines um, out of every five games. I mean, not a week, but they're returning all their starting outfielders. Um, they were using fam as a DH. So even if that goes away and with adding Kim, so you have Cronenworth that now becomes like your fifth outfielder or a starting outfielder and you shift around the other guys that are out there and fam being there like, so they can hit up and down the lineup. This guy only fits the mold for that. You have guys that you can shift around because now, like, Cron- like Nola was, like, uh, Hosmer's backup first baseman. You have Cronenworth that can play second. Then you can shift Kim over to play short or third. Um, you know, if you need to get Tatis or Machado a day off. So they have tons of flexibility, and all of them hit. So it's like, you don't need to add pieces, but they did. And then they're like, all right, well, we have... We have Lamette, we have Paddock, we have Clevenger. 
Clevenger's out. If we go out and add one more starter, we're probably in a pretty good spot. We still have Zach Davies. This this will be fine, whatever. So they do that, and you're like, all right, the, this is great. Like, we're cool. Like, we're, we're in a good spot. Like, I'm really excited about this team. And then they add Darvish on top of that. And then to remove the logjam, they also include Zach Davies back to Chicago. It's like, what what the hell? Like, why why is my team sleeping on these moves? Yeah. When they also are, like, bleeding starting pitching left and right. Yep. Um, and, that, like, there's just nothing to show for it. Yeah, uh, they haven't signed DJ, so, like, yeah. you know. They could have used, you know, uh, maybe an infielder. Right. To, you know, that hits, you know, close to 330 home runs, you know. And it's, nice. and it's not even, like, <laughs> the, the details of the deal haven't haven't come out yet. Um, and it's still pending a physical, so I guess it's not official yet. But I don't see why it wouldn't. Um, I'm sure they had already, like, looked at that kind of stuff before they even offered anything, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like, it, it's just been, like, hey – were DJ LeMahieu is like it, it was like whenever I would write the checklist of things that needed to happen, it was like decline the option on uh Hap, and then like step two was like re like when you're talking about like resign the players that you're gonna bring back, and for me, I think the big ones, you know, prior to where everything's at right now, it would have been. Tanaka and LeMahieu. And then obviously like after that, it'd be like, all right, like add in new pieces. And that's where I think like Real Muto and stuff like that, another pitcher come into play. But it's like the Yankees are just like stuck on like, well, we haven't checked the box on box two yet. So we can't do box three. We can't move past it. We have to complete box two first. This is the way that it has to go. This is our, this is our method. Um, and I feel like the Cardinals are doing the same shit with their quote unquote legacy players that's like, all right, like all we're going to be tied to and all we're going to talk about is Wainwright and Molina. And that's it. Like Mosellock hasn't really talked about anything else. Like they don't seem to be drawing any attention to the fact that like they could use more offensive production in general, but definitely from the outfield and like taking a look at it, like there's a handful of guys that have signed really friendly one or two year team deals um, that could, that could be a great stopgap for scenarios for the Cardinals um, that have already signed in places like Adam Eaton signing with uh, the White Sox. Um, we both talked about David Dahl signing elsewhere. Uh, I forget where he went. Um, Hunter Renfro signed with Boston. Um, all of those guys signed one year deals for like $3 million or less and it's like, cool, like, here's a really quick insert, like, we can put you in. Carlson can just go to Memphis. We'll let him figure that out. If we get, if we have injuries, we can call him up, but we're going to get him everyday playing time, and we're going to continue to play our guys like Fowler, like Carpenter, that we've already paid, because that's what the Cardinals do, and that's fine, so embrace that. So let's take this little minor, like, this minor one-year deal. We'll throw a little bit of money at it. We'll stopgap to get by through 2021 and then we'll reevaluate where we're at whenever Fowler comes off the books or we'll reevaluate where we're at whenever Carpenter comes off the books. I forget which one it is, who it is first, but I think one of them's after 2021, the other one's after Carpenter, 2022. 
this will be Carpenter's last year, unless he magically gets like uh, uh, so many uh, at bats. Uh, if he gets so many at bats, he has an automatic vesting option. But I we we should see. I, I forgot what the number is. I he probably wouldn't even get it anyway. Um, but I, if the Cardinals, if they were close, they're not going to let him play those. They're they're going to um, dump that contract or dump it. So, but. No, it, so it looks like he is, let's see, 2022 option vest with 1,100 plate appearances looks across like 2020 and 2021. Yeah, and then if the option doesn't vest, it becomes a $12,000,000 club option with a $2,000,000 buyout. So, but this shows him that he's an unrestricted free agent after 2023. This is weird. Like, it shows that he has, let's see. Well, 2023 would show. be them picking up that two-year, right? I'm losing it in that. Um, I wasn't saying anything, sorry. Because uh, he signed... So when did he? Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Uh, let's see. What if I look at this transactions tab? Yeah, so April twenty nineteen. Yeah, he he signed a two year thirty nine million dollar contract extension with St. Louis, including a vesting option for twenty twenty two. Okay. Yeah, the way that it's had it depicted, it looked like he was already signed for 2022. Um, yeah, so the only... I guess it would be dependent on what they do with... Uh, the the plate appearances vesting um because 2020 was shortened yeah um so i don't know if that'll change anything but yeah if they keep it where it's at because he he had like 170 plate appearances last year um and even like in his even the most he's ever had um was 2013 and he had 717 and he would have to have you know like basically you know what a thousand yeah you know a little more like call it 950 essentially so yeah he's definitely not gonna get anywhere close to that but i think even if they um even if they were to shorten it i mean what was it like 33 percent of the season roughly 60 games a little more than yeah a little more than that but where, where am i going calculator what it would be 550 because um, if they did separate it so let's just say like if they're like all right let's just go off that um you figure it was 1100 over two seasons so that's 550 a year over the course of 162 games that would be about 3.4. So I made it like three and a half to make it a larger number. And that came to about 210 in 60 games. Um, 
plus 550. So that if they prorated it, it would be around like 760. Sorry, I had something go down the wrong pipe. Oops. Check on the M1. Unseen. All right. Bags is house. Nope. <clears throat> He's good. I'm, I'm back, I think. Is he don't sound very back, but. Oh, man. <clears throat> I don't even know if I want to ask you what you what you put in your mouth. It's kind of a weird question. That's the funny part. Nothing. It's like I just like inhaled and whatever, like spit or whatever. <clears throat> just down the wrong pipe. Man. Right, dude, you're going to start drinking some hot tea before the uh, podcast? Yeah, maybe. I also don't have, I don't have water down here. Yeah, I don't have water down here either. Man, we always we always potty, change our battery in our head. Well, you don't have to change the battery in your headset anymore. And fill up our water. Yeah, I forgot, man. I forgot. I was unprepared, and now I'm paying for it. But anyway, so if if they were to do proration with where it's at, it would be about 590 plate appearances that he would need, um, which he's done more often than not in his career. Um, assuming that he plays in, you know, 140 plus games. So if he were to stay healthy, like if it's 145 games, it would be like four plate appearances a game, which isn't unreasonable, uh, especially depending on where he bats in the lineup. So it could happen um, if they prorate it. If they don't, then yeah, there's no way that it's vesting. It'll become a club option. But with that being said, the club option is for twelve million dollars. So if you're gonna get Carpenter for one more year for twelve and a half million dollars cheaper than what you expected, or sorry, for six and a half million dollars cheaper than what you expected, do you take that? Like, do you think the Cardinals make that decision? I mean, they just they just declined an option at the same cost for Wong. So I'm assuming no. Yeah, they ain't taking that. But, but, you know, it looks Especially a little more like appealing. The beginning of the year, like no fans in this. Fans, like as we thought we were going to. So. Yeah, because I'm trying to see what. Uh, yeah, because for Wong, it was going from like five million to 12 million for that last year. So it was like a huge pay raise for, for Carpenter. It's like the opposite direction if they were to pick up that option, but it's still $12 million that they would have to spend. Well, 10 million, I guess, extra that they would save because they would have to pay 2 million to buy them out. Yeah. Um, but now then, <clears throat> and then the, there's two other guys that, Likely, like, they aren't, they probably aren't missing out much, but I feel like it was something that they should have at least entertained. Um, so one was the Mike Zanino, uh, Mike Zanino signing. He signed with Tampa Bay, uh, one year deal for $2 million. He's been their catcher in Tampa Bay for the last couple years. 
definitely below average bat. Like he is not very big offensively. Um, but he's done a pretty good job, like working with Tampa Bay's young pitching staff. He's pretty good behind the plate. Like he had success, you know, last year they went to a world series. So he's kind of been through it all. Like he, he has that, you know, a little more veteran experience that's there. Um, so to have him be your backup catcher, where you think of like what they've done with, uh, what's his name? Matt Wieters, the last couple seasons, like Mike Zanino could really just be your new Matt Wieters. And with it being a one year deal for $2 million, you're just like, cool. Now we'll keep Herrera in Memphis. Kisner's our starting catcher. Zanino is, uh, a veteran MLB ready backup that can split time with him, help him learn everything like that. We can see what Kisner has. If Kisner isn't the answer, then we can look to try to move him in the off season. And Herrera is our, is our future. If Kisner is the answer, then you can look to either make Herrera your backup and go with a tandem of those two and just kind of splitting time. Or you can look to deal Herrera and fill a void that you need somewhere else, you know, whatever the case may be. But it's a perfect stopgap, given that this is apparently a need that's there. You're not going to get much better for $2 million. So, like, it, it's just surprising to me that that's the, the, the route that they went. That it was a, a name that, like, never even got brought up um, on the Cardinal radar from anything that I heard of. So, to me, it just seems like Cardinals are putting too many eggs in the Molina basket, in my opinion. That there's, like, either we're going to get Molina or we aren't going to worry about another catcher at all. Yeah. And I think that that's a bad move. Yeah, this goes back to like the same like Yankees point earlier that like you should at least have your name linked to uh, like what are you doing as a leveraging chip? Like you're just like, hey Molina, like you until you say yes or no to us, we're literally not going to do anything at the kitchen catcher position. We're just going to hold up. We're not going to talk to anybody. We're not going to be linked to nobody. You ain't going to hear nobody saying our name with another catcher so don't worry take your time right That's like the, the decision's all yours yeah. you know and i i know like he wants two years i don't know like where they're missing at least with lemayhu there yeah. there's been talks of like this is what the yankees are offering this is what lemayhu wants this is where our disconnect maybe. lies <laughs> you know maybe but... wainwright and molina are set to go to the padres that's tomorrow's big news yeah maybe who knows hey because they you know they bring they bring catchers and their pitchers with them so true they do like hey we we decided that we don't want chris paddock to be a starter for us at all so we brought in adam wainwright for one year as a stopgap till we get to mike clevenger and we brought in his personal catcher as well and yadier molina yeah uh who knows man like where are the yankees at in all these trades yeah like it's it's ridiculous um so the other the other name um the other free agent signing that kind of went under the radar so tampa bay also signed michael waka um one year deal three million dollars um granted waka struggled over the last few seasons um some of that includes him being unable to stay healthy 
but there's a huge upside if he can return to his form in like the early 2010s um even up to like 2017 like he had a pretty strong season um yankees clear need for starting pitching this is like that signing a one-year deal for three million dollars for waka is such a low risk high reward scenario no idea why the yankees weren't in on this um, Dude, how are you gonna how are you gonna be able to pitch Joe Blow pitcher if you sign Michael Walker to three million dollars though, dude? Yeah, I just don't. You're gonna be able to throw out, you know, Joe Blow. Yes, you, know, you can. Starter. Yes, you can. You're also not gonna be able to, have, you know, dude. No, if you sign one guy for three million dollars, dude, he's he's your guy, dude. You can't have another guy. You know, that's the argument. That can like, be the only argument, and that's a stupid argument. I understand. I know. Like worst case scenario, you just cut him. Like whatever, it's three you, million dollars. That's that's chump change in the world of baseball. That you're, do you find yourself concerned that you're mad at your team for not signing Michael Waka though? No, like it. It's so it's not so much that it's it's not so much that it's the who that is alarming to me. It's that I feel like they are missing out on opportunities for low risk high reward and those are the type of things that i think you need to do to really round out your team to like no one no team in baseball is going to have five starters make 32 starts for the year and call it a day like it's not it's not going to happen like no one's only going to use five starters and get through an entire season so if you have guys like Waka that can add versatility in other places in your rotation or in your staff, it's beneficial. Like Waka can be that guy that is your long reliever that you're like, all right, cool. Like we're going to go like Tampa Bay. Like there's a strong possibility that they can partner Waka with like uh, Ryan Yarbrough as an opener or, um, or in, sorry, not partner with, but use in the same sense that they use Ryan Yarbrough as uh, like partnered with an opener. So it's like, cool, we're going to get an inning or two out of a reliever. Then we're going to have Waka come and pitch four innings. Now it'll be through. Now we've gotten through six innings and then we're going to turn it over to our bullpen. Like that, that's what they're going to do. Um, and if he does that every time out, like the Rays will be very successful with their one year deal for Michael Waka. Nothing stopping anyone else from doing that. And the Yankees have a pretty big bullpen, so it's like cool. Like just let them start the game, and if you can, only, if you if he's only going five innings a night, so be it. Like have him be your number five starter. So every day after he starts, Garrett Cole's going to pitch, and Garrett Cole's going to throw 254 pitches. You know he'll probably only make it through seven innings because he strikes out everybody, and then your bullpen will get a rest that way. Um, so it's it's not that like oh man, Michael Walk is the piece that they need. But it's, oh man, here is a starting pitcher, here is an arm that has high upside, that signed a very team-friendly one-year deal, because you have situations in New York where it's like, you don't know what you're going to get out of Davey Garcia, you don't know what's going to happen with uh, Severino when he comes back, because he's still recovering from Tommy John, so you don't know when you're going to get him. Um, You don't know what you're going to get out of Domingo Herman coming back from his suspension, so you have a lot of unknowns. Um, Montgomery, like he's only a year removed from Tommy John surgery. So who knows what a full 162 game season is going to do to his arm. So you really, the only known you have is Garrett Cole. When you're a team that's like, hey, we're trying to stay under $210 million so we can avoid luxury tax penalties uh, for this season. 
Well, it seems like what you need to do is sign a lot of team-friendly one- or two-year deals so you aren't committing long-term for these people. So I was like, cool, one year, $3 million. If it doesn't work out, then Waka's gone out of the picture, and maybe you have a better idea of what your pitching staff looks like next year. Like, it, it buys you a year of information. It's the, the same concept of, like, uh, a Hunter Renfro in St. Louis or Mike Zanino. Like, it's the same concept. Like, this is a stopgap that allows you to be okay. It isn't the ideal situation, but it is an option. It should get you through the year without too much issue. It lets you learn a lot more about the pieces that you have, and you're in a far better place going into the offseason before 2022 to make better educated decisions about the future of your team. Um, more so the outfield than Zanino. Like, I think you, Kisner and Herrera very easily could be your, your catching tandem for years to come, and really you could probably deal one of them um, because you're prying, like you're going to give one of them the bulk of the playing time. Um so I think if Herrera ends up being major league talent, then Kisner is who you deal. But putting Kisner at the major leagues only lets you build value for him. Yeah, no, uh, I agree. But even when you could have gave Andrew Kisner playing time, you haven't given Andrew Kisner very much playing time. You haven't you didn't give Carson Kelly very much playing time. Like they're not given free agents much playing time. Like they've been committed to Yanni forever. Like we're apparently going to live and die on that right lock, but... that that's what i'm saying like the the ship the ship needs to sail like needs to sail but they're they have the same like well we haven't figured out what's going on with molina and wainwright so therefore we can't talk to anybody else yet and that's the same shit the yankees are doing with lemayhew like and yeah i get it like i i would love to see dj back in pinstripes um you know he MVP caliber season, won the batting title in the AL. He's definitely going to make the lineup better. He's good defensively. I'm for it. Like I'm, I'm not against it, but like there, there are perks to going a different route. Like I think the team looks just as good, if not better, like they're better defensively for sure. If they were to trade for like a Francisco Lindor and shift Torres back to second, um, I don't think Lindor has the same kind of batting average, but I think he he adds a different dynamic to the top of the lineup where he can run, and you're not going to get that out of LeMahieu. Uh, it's another left-handed bat, so maybe he gets a couple extra home runs, um, you know, for pulling the ball to short porch and right field. So maybe it isn't a, a huge difference between the two, um, but it just it gives the team a completely different look. Um especially if the cost of signing LeMahieu is going to be that you don't bring in any pitching. Cuz if the Yankees don't bring any in if the Yankees don't bring in any pitching and they go into the 2021 season that ends up being a full season and it's the it's the pitchers that they currently have on the roster, I I would be impressed if the Yankees win 95 games. Yeah. <clears throat> like unless they have some astronomical like offensive year like to the point where like judge and stanton are healthy all year and sanchez figures out how to hit again and they bring lemayhu back and he has the year that he does like unless all of that happens like voight's for real or shella stays healthy you know frazier continues to hit it's like they're just one through nine everyone's hitting the ball 
Like, I, I don't think that they're going to win. Uh, like, they're going to have a lot of mediocre pitching that happens and a bullpen that still hasn't been that consistent. Um, that is now a little worse because Canely signed elsewhere. Yep. Now, granted, he was he was going to be hurt anyway. Or not hurt. Like, he is hurt. Um Coming off injury. Yeah, com- coming off injury, Tommy John surgery um, in August. So he'll be out for most of 2021, so he wouldn't have made a difference this year anyway. Um, but I I really like the deal that the Dodgers signed him to. Like, I think it makes a lot of sense. Uh, like, it's a very intelligent baseball contract. So it's like two years, $4.2 million. Um, but in 2021... His salary is only like 750k, and then the rest of it is for 2022. So essentially, what that allows them to do is sign another reliever. It's like a one-year deal for you know, say maybe three million dollars, two million dollars, something like that. Um, maybe like an Andrew Miller or something, and they bring a guy in for one year, and it just like the money that they aren't paying Canley this year that they're paying him next year. Like they can just give that to someone else to be a stopgap for this year while he's or for 2021 while he's hurt. Um, I'm definitely up like sad that he's gone. I don't blame him. Um, again, like there wasn't like, I never heard anything about the Yankees talking to him to resign him. Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, they brought Britain, like they resigned Britain pretty quickly and there's just never any talk about Canely, so I'm assuming the offer just was never there. And you know, you're gonna gotta make a deal somewhere. And if you can sign with the defending champs, why not? Might as well. Yeah. Um, Best, I, good as place as any. Yeah, I did. I did ask him personally. Um, he he streamed on his uh, Twitch channel, uh, TKane48, um, on Twitch. For like the first nice. time in a while, like the same night that the information went live that he signed with LA. Um, and so I, like everyone was like asking all these questions or whatever, but I hit him up and asked him like how his elbow was feeling, um, which I did get a response from him on stream. So that was pretty cool. Uh, he said, it's healthy. It's going good. Still doing rehab. He uh, gave him a, gave us a flex to show how strong his elbow was, I guess. I don't know. Nice. I don't know how you flex your elbow, but he did. Um, seemed like a normal elbow to me. Uh, but yeah, I, I wish him nothing but the best. But your your bullpen in New York's a little worse because of it. Um, and your starting rotation's way worse. Um, you know, granted, you you got rid of Jay Happ, which that makes your team better. But Paxton, Tanaka, both being gone as well. Um, it'll it'll be a little rough. So, so we'll see. Um, I mean, really, like, just through, like, a natural flow, we've kind of hit a lot of these free agents that have signed already. Yeah. I was also, so I hadn't brought it up yet, and I was going to bring it up pre-show, but did you see the article? And I didn't read it. I just saw the headline. But it was, like, Gary Sanchez unsure why he was benched. Uh, um, I did see it. I had. Like, I didn't read <laughs> it. Like, didn't play. He just, like, wasn't sure. Yeah. I'm just like, oh, that kid. True, man. Yeah, the only th- the only reason I could think that that would be the case is if there's some kind of language barrier. <laughs> <laughs> like yeah. that's it. 
Uh, but hey, bro, if you don't know why you weren't playing, hit me up. I'll let you know because I can tell you right. why you weren't playing. I mean, hey, we've all had that boss that's just like afraid to tell you that you're not good at your job. You know, maybe. But the maybe but the writing was there. Like maybe they just don't want to tell you there's Yeah, you couldn't catch. You weren't throwing anybody out. Like defensively, <laughs> you were a liability, and you were batting like you were batting lower than your body weight, bro. Yeah. Uh, I'm just confused why I'm not in the game, coach. <laughs> yeah, because like, right now you suck, dude. Gary, stop talking to me. <laughs> just watch the game, Gary. <laughs> Did you get a paycheck, Gary? Then shut up. <laughs> yeah, ridiculous, man. Um. So, so the only all right. So I will say this. All right. So to to defend our teams a little bit, at least they aren't doing anything. Versus living in this weird world that the Texas Rangers currently exist in. <laughs> like, I I don't know what the Rangers are doing at all. Like, they, so they traded Montero, like, their, their closer, traded him to mm-hmm. Seattle. They traded Lynn, their, their best pitcher last year, to Chicago. But then they go out and they sign this Kohei... Arihara from the Japanese league two years, $6.2 million international free agent signing again, 3 million a year, not a huge ordeal, but, but it's such a short term contract. Like what, what's the, what's the, the, what's the game plan there? Like, are you hoping that he just is, he's great. And then you'll resign him later. Or are they like the like the short term? Is it just like, hey, we we're not going to win in the next two years, so we don't want you to be a part of our championship team, but we hope that you you end up being everything that you could be, and we'll trade you and flip you for better pieces. Like I don't I don't know. Like I'm so lost in what they're doing with the addition of some of the pieces and like who they've been connected to. Uh, it's really confusing. Dude, whatever they do down in Texas has to be different than everybody else, right? So look no farther than the Rangers to, you know, what do they do? They sign a lot of pitching, right? They're tied to a lot of pitching because they have a, you know, an owner that that's just, you know, thinks he's the greatest pitcher that ever existed, you know, which could be, you know, he could have an argument, um, but maybe you just don't know how to like, you know, evaluate like team and, your judgment's not always there. And so you just make weird moves all the time. Cause you're like, you're a little kid in a candy store playing with someone else's money, you know? Right. Yeah. It's it just, it's real. It's real weird. I, I guess I would much rather just know that like, I would rather my frustrations be that like, Hey, we aren't doing anything. Like we aren't doing anything to make our team better versus it being like, all right, I've bought in. We're rebuilding. We traded away some of the key pieces that we had. That's fine. Like we're we're rebuilding. We got some prospects back. This is okay. This is okay. Like I can I can get behind this. I'm real excited for our future. Oh, we signed a an international free agent. Okay. Oh, to a two year deal. So are we mm-hmm. are we winning right now? Are we trying to win right now? Or like what what's the deal? Like well, he's kind of like Bauer, but he only signs two-year deals. So in two years, we'll, well probably get him back. Well, yeah, and like, and you just don't know where it's at. Like, I, I was trying to like read reports on him. There wasn't really much that I could find. It was just basically like, 
a lot of the concern is around that he doesn't throw very hard. Um, I think he throws like low 90s, like 91, 92 uh, in terms of velocity. But apparently he throws like seven different pitches. Um, I couldn't find anywhere that like listed what the pitches were. So I don't know if it's like a, a four seam fastball, a two seam fastball, a cutter. You know, so it's like variations of the same types of pitch, like a change up and a sinker or like a slider and a cutter that like one breaks just the other one doesn't, it doesn't break as far. And it's like a couple miles per hour difference, which can make a, which can make a big thing. I don't know how often he throws them or if he throws them all for strikes or whatever. Um, it reminds me a lot of like, uh, Dice K Matsuzaka when he signed with Boston, that that was all the hype that he had like the gyro ball that he threw and like all this fancy crap that hap like was happening over, overseas and he was just a typical run-of-the-mill pitch combination that he threw like it yeah. wasn't anything fancy um or like you throw a uh, a splitter and a sinker and it's like okay well those are kind of one and the same um right-handed sinkers have a little dart into a right-handed batter but it's not really prominent where splitters are more like straight you know 12 to 6 vertical break um but it's like, yeah, like, yeah, if you throw all those, cool, like, you could keep the guy guessing, but a lot of them look kind of the same, so they're, it's, like, you're you're probably really just at, like, four or five pitches, and that's pretty standard for the major league level. Um, so, I, well, I don't you, know. What, so. you Darvish pitching, what, six or seven pitches nowadays? That, that's like, that's kind of what brought him back. Yeah, that's what they say, but again, like, I don't. I don't know, like, if, if it's a guy that, like, oh, he, like, 2% of his pitches are curveballs, you know, or, like, 2% of his pitches are this 12 to 6 curveball, you're never looking for it, so it's really only, it's going to be very situational that it becomes up, it comes up being a thing. If he doesn't throw it that often, he's probably not throwing it for strikes very often, so it may be like, oh, when it's 0-2, he might come with this pitch, but he has so many other strikeout pitches, you can't look for all of them anyway. So you're you're probably going to be wrong most of the time anyway when you're behind 0-2. Like if you're picking a spot, like 0-2, you're just trying to shorten up your swing and react. So you're like, it, it's not really there. It might be like fooling a guy on like a 2-1 pitch, but you're, that's what I'm saying, like, you're probably going to have better stuff that you go to that it's probably not going to be ideal. It's like everyone's going to jump all over you if you hang a 2-1 curveball over the plate because you don't throw it all that often, but you're a power pitcher and you didn't go to a fastball in a fastball count. So, uh, yeah, they can, but I don't I don't really buy into it too much. Like, oh, I throw nine pitches. Like, yeah, you can throw nine pitches. That's great, but you probably don't. Like, I would imagine, like, Bauer probably could throw 12 or 13 pitches. You know, he knows how to throw them. He just doesn't do it at a major league level. You know what I mean? So. True. So we'll see. Nah, but pretty, it's nah, it's just, yeah. it's weird to me. Like, the, the two-year length is what's so odd to me. It's like, you're clearly further than two years away from competing. And... And really, it's because of the the change that you just made. Because I want to say, like, they weren't 
they weren't that far out of a playoff spot this last year, I don't think. Like, I felt like, uh, no, never mind. I'm wrong. They were. They, they finished last in the AL. So they were definitely, um, only the Pirates had a worse record than the Rangers. So they're, yeah, so they're definitely not anywhere close to a, a playoff spot. And then you traded away. Like, they they finished 22-38, and 38 and they won their last three games. I don't know who they beat, but they won their last three games. So, like, they didn't have their 20th win until, like, three games left in the season. Mm. Um, that's really bad. They had a 367 win percentage. That's just, Eight. like, yeah. They, they finished 14 games behind Oakland in a 60-game season. That's, like, a fourth of a season they finished. God. You gotta try hard. Yeah, that's that's that's, that's a real try hard season. I to to be fair, like the San Francisco Giants finished twenty nine and thirty one, and they also finished fourteen games out in their division. <laughs> so, mm. <laughs> so I guess there could be that side of it. Like the Dodgers yeah. could, like the Rangers could be on the NL West instead of the AL West, and then at that point they would have finished what. 21 games out of first you know just a third of the season behind um but anyway so yeah so so the rangers definitely aren't going to to magically compete for a title in the next two years so you added this international free agent which granted three million dollars a year isn't the end of the world i i guess you have the capability of negotiating beforehand like if he ends up being something special um, you have the option. He was going to sign somewhere. Uh, so why not have it be your team? But it just it just seems odd. Like, if that's the route you're going to go, you're, I feel like your investment should be, like, cool, like, let's see what other, what other pitchers we have um, for our future. Um, but, but I don't, I don't know. I got nothing. Um, I guess there's nothing wrong with it, but it just seems odd that you're like, all right, let's deal our best pitcher. Okay, let's sign this international free agent um, to a short-term deal. Like, I I don't know. Just, it, it, feel, it seems weird in my head. I guess I can't really explain it any better than that, but it is what it is. That's fair, dude. It can seem, it can seem weird. Yeah. Um, so other than that, the only other movement that was out there, um, really, it, it really doesn't, uh, like, I wouldn't say that Josh Bell was on the radar for either one of our teams. Like, I don't think either one of our teams really needs a first baseman, but I more so made note of it because of where Bell went. Um, obviously, Washington won the World Series, in my opinion, kind of unexpectedly in 2019. Um, didn't have such a hot 2020. Uh, I think they were another one of those teams that finished pretty low, like last place in the AL or in the NL East, uh, 26 and 34. Um, only a handful of games out of a playoff spot, but given that you know half the league went only being a couple games out of a playoff spot isn't all that great. Um, I guess more more than half the league went. Eight out of 15 teams in the NL made the playoffs. Um, <clears throat> but, so they had Trey Turner, they have Juan Soto, and they didn't really have a whole lot else there. 
Um, and then they have obviously a huge need at first base. I think they had like six different guys play first base for them last year. And that was in 60 games. So like when you're changing your first baseman every 10 games, probably not that great. Um, and then I think of those five are five of those six either retired or are now free agents. So they had this huge need for first base. They have a huge need for a bat. So the move definitely makes sense for Washington. So why I thought it was relevant is, does this make Washington a bigger factor after a pretty down year in 2020? Um, Are are the Braves still the hands-down favorites to win the East? Um, Obviously, we don't know what the Mets or Phillies are going to do yet. Um, their names are still attached to a lot of the names that are out there. But at this point in time, I, I think that like that, that to me is where it's relevant. Like does Washington become a bigger factor in the playoff hunt for wild card placement and stuff like that, which could very well impact the Cardinals. Yeah. Yeah. I don't And uh, I, I started thinking about playoff baseball in St. Louis, right? Hmm. Like, fair. Um, we haven't. We, I mean, whereas I think like it holds really true that like really the Cardinals saw that it's never going to see the U Darvish deal and be like, cool, we just won more games in our division, and we haven't even done anything. And that's regardless if they sign, if they if they don't sign Wainwright or Molina, like we're still going to beat the Cubs probably that many more times. The Cubs are going to lose that many more games because they don't have you Darvish. Um, yeah. So. I definitely think like on paper, Cincinnati's selling their team. So, and the yeah. pirates are selling their team. So yet again, we're in like what three years, this will be three years in a row that like the Cardinals can just not make moves pretty come close, pretty close to if not winning the division, like being right there to win it. And they should damn well win it this year. Um, and we'll just be fine with that. And then we'll get knocked out in the first round of the playoffs. Not a big deal. Yeah, I definitely, <laughs> I definitely think like the NL central is stocked full of mediocre talent. Um, yeah. I think on, on paper as teams exist right now, there's absolutely no reason why the Cardinals shouldn't compete for the NL central title. Um, like you said, I mean, they only finished three games behind the Cubs. Um, take you Darvish out of the mix who was second like runner up for the Cy Young eight and three record for the Cubs and they brought in Zach Davies in his place um you know it's like ready like I don't know what other prospects they have but I know they were looking for major league ready pitching if Davies is the answer for that the Cubs are easily a win or two lower than where they're at right now so now that that amount looks like you know, say it's two wins less, say Davies goes six and five instead of Darvish's eight and three last year. That's one game. The Cardinals didn't play the Tigers twice, um, who were a team that, you know, only won 23 games last year. So those two extra games are easily wins. Um, and now you're looking at the point where like both those teams are 32 and 28. And the Cardinals tie for first. Um, and probably win the division on a tiebreaker, and they play Miami in the first round instead of San Diego. 
Um, so if, so the Cardinals are probably crunching the same numbers and they're sitting in their, you know, penthouse suites having their meetings about this, saying the same thing. That like, well, all we have to do is hold suit and we can compete in our division and all we got to do is get there. You know, that's how we won in 06. That's how we won in 2011. Like, we, we weren't the best team in 2013 and we went to a World Series. You know, like, we just got to get there and anything can happen. Like, the Nationals did it. The Royals did it. Um, you know, the Red Sox did it. Like, plenty of teams. The Marlins have won two, twice as a World Series uh, or as a wild card. Um, the Rays kind of came on strong and, and went... Uh, the Astros came on out of nowhere. The Cubs came on out of nowhere. Like all, all I do is like just develop talent and be consistent, and you'll you'll get there. You'll get over the hump. You'll win titles eventually, uh, because of it. You know, like, and it it's it's not it's not the wrong mentality, I guess, but when like there's decisions that it's like money based or like yep. Maybe like and and we say that like the Cardinals are kind of the same team and I guess they really aren't. I mean, you lost a Gold Glove second baseman. Uh, Brad Miller was a huge part of the offense, you know, offensive production. Wong was a big part of the offensive production. Um, they're both also two left-handed bats that you don't have anymore. Um, so maybe the lineup looks a lot different with you know more righties in it. Who knows? Um, so the so the Cardinals likely don't. Like, they don't win as many games if those two are not in the lineup every day. Um, but they're still they're still there. Um, I think that losing Darvish is far more detrimental to the Cubs than losing Wong and Miller were for the Cardinals. Um, but like you said, Pittsburgh was already bad. They only got worse with Josh Bell no longer being there. Um, the Reds are talks of trading Luis Castillo and Sonny Gray, um, which are like their top two pitchers behind Bauer, who's likely leaving in free agency. So they're going to have a whole new rotation of people coming through. You know, probably not really relevant. Um, They traded their closer. So Cincinnati probably isn't going to be there. Um, I don't know if that's, you know, because of, you know, ticket sale losses or whatever. Um, and then Milwaukee still on sure. Like, I think they're better than, you know, the 29 and 31 they went last year, but they looked real overmatched by the Dodgers. Um, and if it wasn't a, a year where eight teams made the playoffs, the Dodgers wouldn't even have been in playoff contention. Like they would have been games outside of that. Um, yeah, I get, it, it just, it feels like there are, there are three teams that are kind of a cut above everyone else in the NL right now in LA, San Diego and Atlanta. Um, and the, so far the only other team other than those three that have gotten that have done moves to get better this offseason at this point now has been Washington in the NL. Like San Francisco's made a few signings, but they're not I don't think they're real significant. Um 
you know, with like Brevia going there, stuff like that. I think they signed like Anthony Del Scofini. Um, there's like a reliever in Cincinnati, kind of our long reliever. Yeah. Um, but no one, no one else has really done anything. The Cubs, I think, have gotten worse now. I think the Cardinals have gotten worse. Cincinnati has gotten worse. Pittsburgh's gotten worse. Uh, Philadelphia's gotten worse if they don't ping back Real Muto. The Mets signed McCann, but they lost Cano. So they're probably worse from an offensive standpoint. Um, I think that they'll add more pieces. So I, like that's that's really, I think, like the bigger concern that I have is that, you know, the the point being that the Cardinals are going to feel that they can compete and win the Central. But in competing and winning the Central, you're then going to match up against L.A., San Diego, Atlanta, and probably either Philadelphia or New York, in my opinion, uh, maybe Washington. But, like, the wild cards will likely come from the West and the East. And all four of those teams will likely kind of be a cut above the rest of the league. Um, even Miami, you know, could potentially, you know, have a, a big showing. I don't know how much of a fluke their season was this last year, but I got, I don't think that they'll, they'll make, that they'll earn a wild card spot, you know, 2021. But I just, like you said, the Cardinals will make the playoffs and then likely not compete with, um, a team in like in the opening round because they'll go on the road and yeah. they'll play they'll play whoever the the lower of the two division winner of the two other division winners are and it'll likely be LA or Atlanta you know it'll it'll be whichever one of the lower one of those two are which probably be Atlanta now granted Cardinals have beaten Atlanta in a best of five before when they probably shouldn't have um So, so I, I don't know. Cardinals fans will be like, "Oh, we should have won." Oh, uh, players played way past their potential. We should have yeah. won playoff games because we played, for, we we won games in the regular season. Yeah, and then, and then in the AL, it's like more more of the same, um, except for like the White Sox. I think the White Sox have done a lot to make their team better. Um, I think that the angels have taken steps to make their team better, but I don't think they're quite there yet. Um, I think that you'll see a much bigger splash when they have, you know, like pools, contract come off the books and like they can get out from under the Justin Upton contract, shit like that. Like you'll start to see the angels be a bigger player in years to come. Uh, the Royals have made some moves, but again, like I think they're, they're, positive steps for the team but i don't think it's the difference between them like them all of a sudden becoming a contender again um i think minnesota is going to be good cleveland likely won't be as good um not having clevenger at all for the entire year um if they trade lindor and ramirez or whatever combination of people they get rid of um probably probably not going to be great uh, Tampa Bay has lost Morton and Snell now. Um, so their pitching likely isn't going to be as great. I don't know what they're going to bring in 
from like offensively they're they weren't that spectacular anyway um it was more their their pitching so when you lose two of your top three pitchers i think tampa bay will it's gonna be worse in 2021 at this point the yankees haven't done anything but lose lemayhu um so they're worse toronto's added one guy uh and robbie ray it's like the al just hasn't really done anything either it's so yep. weird that I guess we go through, there's like five teams that have made moves. And granted, like, there's still a ton of guys out there that are up in the air. I mean, like I said, like, LeMahieu still hasn't signed. Um, odds are that he goes to either the Yankees or the Mets, um, the Dodgers, like the other team that gets thrown around. Um, Trevor Bauer is still a free agent. Mets, Dodgers, or Angels. Wayno, uh, probably... You know, most likely going to go to St. Louis, but his name's been attached to Kansas City as well. Um, Molina, you know, talks are slow with Cardinals, but then like the Yankees, San Diego, the Angels, they're all other teams that are expected to possibly get in the mix if they continue to stall out. Um, I would assume all of them would also be involved with Real Muto. Um, I know the Phillies have extended an offer, but that was reported back on like the 18th or sorry, on the 22nd. So it's been like a week and there hasn't been anything really since that. Um, so I don't know if they're like fielding multiple offers or if it's just that far apart that they were like, uh, fuck no, no way. Um, if Castillo and Gray do get traded, like where they could end up. I doubt Sonny Gray would ever go back to being a Yankee. Um, but depending on the offer, like if the Cardinals wanted to bring in, you know, something like short term, again, like low risk, high reward type situation. Um, but those those are the same type of guys like I could see like a Sonny Gray going to Atlanta, going to Washington, you know, and being a a number four behind, you know, Corbin, Scherzer, and Strasburg. And that's really nasty. You know, like, that makes them that much better. I could see, you know, Castillo or Gray going to the Mets and being there with, you know, DeGrom and Syndergaard. Um, it's like if, if these teams, like, those players are leaving these teams, they got to go somewhere. And all of the names of teams that are attached to these, it's never the Cardinals, unless it's Molina or Wainwright. <laughs> and the Yankees, it's a secondary thing, except for DJ LeMahieu. Um, oh, and DJ Gregorius. That, like, that's a, like, he is a big name that's getting thrown around as a possible backup if LeMahieu doesn't sign with the Yankees. Um, I also think that for the same reason that a lot of people feel like Francisco Lindor would be a huge fit for the Cardinals. I also think Gregorius could be that fit for the Cardinals. Um, and you would just shift to young to play second base. Um, I think if the Cardinals were to look at that as a possible future lineup change, that it opens the door to so many other things that make their team that much deadlier on offense. Um, if they aren't hell bent on DeYoung being their shortstop. Cause I think DeYoung has, decent power but it's like it's decent or average power for a shortstop it's plus power for a second baseman so if you can bring in a shortstop preferably a left-handed bat that hits for some power your lineup looks way different um yeah no i mean 
DeYoung the third sign a shortstop. We could have signed Kim. We could have had two Kims on the team. Yeah. Um, yeah. DeYoung the third also. But like, but again, the Mac, the Matt Carpenter, the contract just, just kills us. Not that we'd make any of these moves anyway, like, but it's the current excuse. Correct. Um, that we're just not going to do any of this. Anymore. And maybe, maybe you can find, you can be an optimist and the fact that you're like, all right, so we're going to decline the option for 2022 on Carpenter and he will be a free agent. Nolan Arenado will opt out of his contract after 2021. <laughs> Cardinals will not have a third baseman and they're going to sign Nolan Arenado. So if you can predict that this is what you're, this is what's going to happen for the future, then I could get behind that. They're like, all right, one dealing with Matt Carpenter for one year under a shitty contract is worth it flipping into a contract for Nolan Arenado, uh, you know, after one season, I think that that is reasonable, but it's banking on a hell of a lot. Um, because now the new rumor is that like, obviously Arenado is on the trade block. Um, he has a full no trade clause, but there is, there's potential that's apparently being talked about that he may be dealt to one team and then flipped and traded to another team again. So it's like the initial trade would be like, Hey, we have bad contracts and you have bad contracts. So let's trade for that. Like think like, um, like Dave, like, like I'm I just going to like a pool holes, bad contract situation. So it's like, Hey, we have a shitty contract. You have a shitty contract. Your shitty contract doesn't want to be there anymore. And you're not going to get anything for him. Like he's going to opt out at the end of the year. So why don't we give you our shitty contract? And then you can try to figure that out and we'll take your shitty contract for only one more season. And then that team, whoever that would be, would turn around and trade Arenado somewhere for prospects. And then they turn their shitty contract into prospects that someone like wasn't willing to take on their existing shitty contract for prospects because of the years left on the deal. Um, and Arenado, they're like, Hey, we can get out from under this pro like this contract after one season, potentially if he opts out. So whatever. Then obviously the other aspect of it too, though, is that like, Oh, well, if Arenado were to get dealt, chances are teams will have that be contingent on him either uh, like decline, like, waiving his opt-out clause or renegotiating a contract extension anyway and renegotiating a deal um, ahead of time. And so it's like, cool, well, if that's the case, then Arenado isn't going to be a free agent or isn't like isn't going to hit the market, isn't going to hit the free agent market after 2021, in which case now banking on this move from Matt Carpenter becoming Nolan Arenado it's no longer possible. So to say like, Hey, we aren't going to do anything because we have Carpenter and we plan to get Arenado. So you're missing out on all these other opportunities is lunacy. It is, but it's our lunacy. It's, I know. it's, my, it's the lunacy that I, that I signed up for, I guess. Yeah. It's just, it's ridiculous. So we'll see. Um, yeah, so that's kind of kind of everything in terms of that. So there's only two other things that I had to cover. Um, 
where where do they go um here we go um so I brought it up earlier when we were chatting, and I just wanted to go through each of our our teams. So CBS Sports, they posted an article that was like a holiday wish list for all 30 clubs. Now this came out like the 23rd, so some of the, some of the stuff that they've posted for some teams is a little outdated. Um, like for example, for the Padres, they put one of the big things was Chris Paddock needed to have a, a bounce back year um, and perform like a top end of the rotation kind of guy. Now that they've added Snell and Darvish, he's not a top-end rotation anymore. So he could probably just do the same thing and they'll be fine. Like, what he did this year was great production out of a number four guy. The problem was he was just their number two pitcher or their ace for most of the year. Um, so we'll go we'll go with the Yankees first because um, it'll be it's pretty quick, I think. A lot of it we've already touched on. Um, so they said number one for the Yankees is the return of DJ LeMahieu. Um Apparently the Yankees agree because they don't believe in doing anything else until that happens. Um, I think that it it would be great for it to happen, but I think if they are missing out on other opportunities while waiting to figure out what's going on with LeMayhew, then it is, it is almost just as detrimental than as as it would be advantageous to sign him. So um, number two, which they don't seem to agree with so far, at least in the trade market, is more pitching behind Garrett Cole. I think that this is extremely obvious. Um, Basically, it's Garrett Cole and then a whole bunch of question marks. Um, Those question marks could end up being phenomenal. Um, If they all perform to the top of their capability, and you're looking at Garrett Cole, Luis Severino, Davey Garcia, Domingo Herman, Jordan Montgomery, and they all pitch in the top tier of where they're at. You're you're looking at a whole bunch of number threes, number two and a halfs. Um, but if they all pitch really well, yep, you don't have this awesome number two. You don't have a 1A, 1B like some of the World Series teams do. But what you do have is, you know, pitching depth and you're like hey we're we're throwing a way better pitcher you know in the fourth or fifth game you know every fourth or fifth game compared to other teams um so you just hope that you know cole wins more often than not against the team's ace and then you you outlast them with your other pitchers so could be good um number three on this list though it's something that you and i talk about all the time and it doesn't seem to get talked about by anybody else. So I'm really excited that someone else has actually called this to attention. And it is cool. Aaron Judge and John Carlo Stanton staying healthy. Yeah. Yeah. So they mm-hmm. um they've combined to play in only four hundred and forty one of seven hundred and sixty eight possible games the last three years. Like that's that's crazy. It's it's not great. Thanks, not Mo. Great. Thanks, Mo. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I got me and you talk about it all the time. Like especially with Stanton, you talk about it all the time yeah. that he can't well, stay healthy. Yeah, I mean, I was calling that before he when he was joining the team. Like, right, he gonna be sitting on your bench, bro. Well, and he the first year he had a great year. Like he healthy, yeah. he played a bunch. I did eat whatever. my words the first year. Yeah, and then it was Idiot. just the later year. Then, then everyone was like, see, you know, and you're like, 
you're right, my bad, I was wrong so far, and then boom, dropped off the cliff, uh, and it's been bad. Um, as like a, a, a number three B four, they also talk about um, uh, Gary Sanchez as like a bounce back <laughs> candidate, or Luis Severino bounce back coming back from Tommy John without a hitch. Um, so Severino, we'll I would think, is probably. A little bit more likely. I have Tommy John surgery is pretty much common, commonplace these days. Like guys rehab that pretty well these days. But I don't see Gary, Gary Sanchez, the lost puppy, is uh, yeah. I think a far stretch to have a uh, bounce back here. Especially if he's Sanchez, not not friend of the show. Especially if he's not certain why he didn't play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If he can't <laughs> figure out why he didn't play, he needs new friends. You know. Yeah. So the Cardinals, he though, got one guy in his camp, like they lying to you, bro. You are not good. It's not great. So the Cardinals, though, normally what we have heard from a lot of the stuff is they need, uh, they need a backup catcher. They need a middle infielder. They need, you know, the this nonsense. Here they're kind of stop gappy things that don't I, I don't think that they really address it. And mainly because the people we hear these from are beat writers for the Cardinals and they're trying not to make waves. However, yeah. this this these apparently are not making waves beat writers. Yeah. The this this article does not go that route. And they actually talk about three things that I guess they aren't necessarily distinctly different. But they they sell it a little differently. So I, I like it. So number one on the list that they have for the Cardinals is, very simply, Francisco Lindor. And he goes on to say, I contend no team needs Lindor more than the Cardinals. He'd improve a shaky post-Colton Long infield defense, add power to a lineup that finished dead last in home runs in 2020, and he wouldn't cost them anything they'd miss. Um, St. Louis has outfielders and pitching to spare in trade talks. Get Lindor, well, make the team significantly better and more fun, then go out and win a division that seemingly no one wants to win. <laughs> <laughs> Number two, which Lindor also helps address, is hit more home runs. <laughs> so yeah. getting more homers beyond a Lindor addition the Cardinals hit 51 homers in 2020 and 58 games. It's very bad. It's not a good number. It's not great. Right. Not <laughs> if you were trying to hit home runs, that's not great. We don't try to hit home runs. Yeah. yeah. The little bloop and a blop and a steal and a bang, bang, bang you know? Yeah. A little bloop and a blast. A playbook. A little bloop, a and, bloop a and a blast. Bloop and a blast. But And while we're doing bloop and a blast, we're not stealing bases, by the way. Nope, There's... nope, nope. Yeah. What they rest on the stealing bases. What the Cardinals mean by can Lindor point, steal bases? Yes, he can run. The so yeah. What the, the what the Cardinal version of a bloop and a blast is is a bloop is a bloop. It's a normal bloop. Yeah. A blast is you get hit by a pitch. <laughs> yeah. Now it's and now it's first and second, and I then do. you get a then you get another bloop, and that's like an infield single on a broken bat. And then there's a wild pitch <laughs> that drives a run in, and the Cardinals scored a run. And then in that in that process, two guys struck out, and the next guy flies out to the warning track 
with two outs because that's the only time the Cardinals hit sack fly depth fly balls is when there's a runner on third with two outs. There's a runner out there with less than two outs. The Cardinals never drive the ball. No. At least that's how it feels. Um, our stat guys can take a look and let me know if I'm wrong, but that's how it feels. Cardinals probably like yeah. led the league in sack flies in 2020, but it doesn't feel. Well, I think that Dylan, way. I think Dylan Carlson, uh, what he had like what nine deep balls in a row, two on our bases loaded, two out. Oh, yeah. Warning track. Yeah, he had that oh, warning oh, track oh. power. Warning track. Yeah. Little um, <laughs> so they're number three on this. I'm not quite certain what this phrase means. Like, I don't know the reference. I, I guess I shouldn't say I don't know. I don't know what it means. It definitely means that like a bounce back season, but the way they phrase it, I have never heard this phrase before, but so for number three, they have a Matt Carpenter dead oh, cat God. bounce. Yeah. yeah. Have you yeah, ever heard the phrase means. a dead cat bounce? No, I don't know what that means, but um, um, yeah, speechless for those words. Like we're we shouldn't expect that. That's unrealistic expectation to even put in the minds of the cardinal faithful. Like some people, we just can't think for ourselves. Um, we can't watch someone just not be good at baseball. We have to like hear someone else be like, "Well, they're gonna they're gonna really shape up this year. It's gonna be okay." Um, so we just should not talk about it. What we should talk about is, hey, get used to watching this guy play and get some playing time and make $18 million one more year. But that's it. That's what you have to deal with. So stop talking about it and just move on. But we're going to be like, well, he's going to be the Matt Carpenter when we signed him to the contract. No, that's not going to happen. No. Cause you know why? Because we have too many Matt Carpenters on our team. We have too many. Well, this needs to work out like this. I think we talked about this a lot too. We need this needs to work out. This player needs to do this. This player needs to do this. This player needs to do this. They're not all going to work out. And Matt Carpenter's on the very top of the list of players probably not going to work out next year. That's a horrible thing to even say. <laughs> so, and then I I just was kind of scanning through, like looking at some of the other teams, like in and uh in our divisions, um, you know, like what they would, what they would wish for. And like Baltimore, like they have like a Chris Davis dead cat bounce. Again, I'm, I don't know what that means. So I was to me a bounce back season, um, healthy and productive Trey Mancini, which could be huge for Baltimore. Um, and then steps forward for the young arms. Um, it's like the Red Sox kind of more the same, like healthy returns from, Eduardo Rodriguez and Chris Sale, who missed basically all of 2020 due to injury. Uh, J.D. Martinez bounce back season and more pitching. Uh, Cubs need to extend Baez, get a great returner trade for Chris Bryant. Craig Kimbrell bounce back seasons. Um, the best one out of all of them, though, is what they say for Cincinnati. And I'll, I'll say it last. So, so number one for them, they have a bounce back season for the offense. Um, and when you when you when you hear what they talk about the lineup, like hearing this lineup is actually sounds pretty intimidating. Like I'm surprised the Reds were not as great offensively as they were. But they said, aside from Jesse Winker, just about everyone in the Reds lineup underperformed in 2020. Uh, Nick Castellanos, Mike Moustakis, Eugenio Suarez, Joey Votto, etc. All fell short of expectations. And the result was. Well, zero runs and 24 wild card series innings. 
the Reds have talent on offense. Now they just need to live up to the hype. Um, number three is a major league caliber shortstop. And so they talk about like Francisco Lindor would be ideal, but even someone like Didier Gregorius or Andrelton Simmons would represent a significant upgrade from what they had before. But number two on their list, which I think is the greatest thing that anyone has written at all, because everyone hypes up how great the NL Central is, is that what the Reds need to be successful in 2021 is continued NL Central mediocrity. And I just love that they use the phrase, or the term, mediocrity, because that's exactly what comes out of the NL Central all the time. But people call it the best division in baseball because there are four very mediocre teams and the Pirates. And the Pirates have had flash in the pans that they've had mediocre years. So it seems very competitive and very even matched. But it's because all of them are not that good, not because all of them are great. It's not like, oh, they beat up on each other and they then they dominate every other team, like every other division. It's usually like quite the opposite. Like they're just mediocre against everybody. Like they don't really get shit on by divisions. Like they'll they'll lose to the top teams of other divisions, but they'll beat up on the lower team. They're very even keel, average 500 baseball clubs from top to bottom in that division, and it's it's fun to watch. It's exciting, I guess, because the pennant race is intense all year because every series matters, kind of thing. Um but they're all mediocre. And I just think it's great that they're like, this is what the Reds need to root for, is that every other team also stays bad. <laughs> like, that's that's got to be the shittiest thing to hope for. I get... That's what we hope for, like all the other teams, just be bad. We, we win in, uh... that's our mantra. Yeah, the the Angels, they need a postseason berth. It's their number one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, that was got, pretty good. You know, Mike Trout, you know, get some chances. Yeah, I'm trying to see. Uh, the Brewers also need continued NL Central mediocrity. Oh, here we go. I, I feel like this is like a personal message to Steve Cohen. The New York Mets, number one, George Springer. Number two, Trevor Bauer. Number three, DJ LeMahieu. Just, just a checklist. Just sign these dudes, Uncle Steve. Uh, the Phillies, the return of JT Realmuto. But then another one at number two that's pretty good. A bullpen that isn't historically awful. <laughs> just, nice. just telling them how it is, man. It's great. Um... <clears throat> but yeah um, but that about uh, sums up everything that I had um, where are we at time wise uh, we're like an hour 50 um, I'd thrown out like New Year's predictions so like before the calendar becomes 2021 if we want to throw out like our hot take on who we think like the like, I had, like, the champion playoff teams, like, what our team rosters will look like. Um, I feel like if we get into our rosters, we'll run long. But do you want to throw out a, a quick hit predictions on who you got making the playoffs and then just who you think the winner is going to be? Or maybe we can just do, like, the, the – nah, we can just do division winners, two playoff teams – or two wildcard teams, and then who you think will be in the World Series and win it. 
Mm, yeah, hold on. I got to bring a list of teams up. I feel like our I feel like our shit's probably not going to be too different. Teams, where are you? Should be able to find this on the MLB website. Yeah. Fairly easy, you would kind of think. Maybe score, stats, standing, schedule, players, play ball, news, <laughs> teams. There it is. Because uh, I, because I feel oh, like, I feel oh, like some of them are nice. Do what? All the teams' contact information. Oh Got yeah. It. Yeah. Yeah, nice, nice. Calling the Boston Red Sox. <laughs> Tight. Because uh, I, I feel, I feel like some of it's pretty easy. Like I, I feel like we, we both agree the Dodgers, Padres will finish some combination Dodgers, of one and two Padres, in the West. One and two. Yep, yep, um, yeah. Atlanta will win Cardinals. the East. Yeah, Cardinals gonna win the Central. I, I also agree that the Cardinals will win the Central. Um, at as it stands, at least right now. Pending yeah. that there, there obviously there will be significant additions because there's a ton of talented free agents still available. But this is as things are right now. If the season were to to start today and play out as is with no roster changes, who we think it would be. Um, yeah. So really, I guess the the so the only question because I'm assuming you're on board. Atlanta will win the East. Oh yeah yeah yeah. Um, so who, who are you taking for the other wild card team in the NL? Um, the other wild card team, we're going to take, probably going to take the nationals, probably taking the nationals. Nationals. I think that's a, I think that's a solid choice. I was looking between them. Um, and then it all, like, <clears throat> I, I'm going to go out on a limb. I kind of forgot how great Cincinnati's offense should have been and how bad they actually were. Um, yeah. I'm assuming that like, because they haven't traded gray or Castillo yet. I mean, they do, they did now. I'm yeah. Fuck it. I'll go Cincinnati right now. I, I think that Washington will definitely be there. I also think that Philadelphia could be there, um, but because they don't have Real Muto, probably not. They probably won't be as good. Um, and I get burned by Philadelphia every year that I think they're not going to be a 500 team, and then they are. Um, so cool. So, and I guess that other wildcard team really doesn't matter because I don't think either one of them are going to beat San Diego in the wildcard game. Um, so... Really, out of the four teams we named, Atlanta, St. Louis, Dodgers, Padres, who do you got making it to the World Series? Out of the NL... Yeah, it's really hard to say the Padres like aren't going to like make a better run here, and I really would hate to say the Dodgers are going to win it back-to-back times or be their back-to-back times, so we're going to have to say the Padres. I also agree. I think the Padres... Um, it would have been hard. I probably still would have said that yesterday. It would have been harder to say with a straight face, though. But um, I, I mean, man, you're gonna yeah, add with, anything you want to at this point in time. Right? Like, yeah, so. with Clevenger being down for most of the year, it definitely would have been harder to say it yesterday or even like this afternoon 
with adding Darvish, I think now that they have a legitimate, like, three arms that are really good, and then you still have, like, a Chris Paddock. Like, I, I like so you have four legitimate starters, which is really what you want for a playoff run. Um, you don't usually need a fifth starter in those situations. Um, they look good for 2021. I think they look even better for 2022 when Clevenger comes back healthy. Um, but I also agree. I think the Padres will go. Right now, the Padres are the best team in the NL, um, in my opinion. Um, in the in the AL, um, I think that White Sox will win the Central. I think that Houston will win the West. I think that the Yankees will win the East. And I think that the Twins and the Rays. No, the Twins and Oakland will be the wild cards. I think the Rays. That's about how it was this year, except Tampa Bay was there. Um, Yeah, so I think Houston wins the West, Chicago wins the Central. I I would definitely say the Yankees have to win the East. I think they have to not let Toronto, like they have to not play Toronto as bad as they did this past year. And I don't think the Rays obviously are going to play them as well as they just did. So I think that gives them some more wins there. And the Red Sox suck. The Orioles suck. So it's good news (laughs) there. Um, uh, um, My wild card teams, Oakland A's and yeah, it's kind of hard not to pick the twins here. Uh, um, I pick Toronto. I'm gonna I'm gonna pick Toronto. I'm gonna pick Toronto. Nice. I I think that's also a solid pick. I think if a if a team were to sneak in, I think that that's where it'll be. Um, like I said, I think losing Morton and losing Snell, Tampa Bay is gonna drop off quite a bit. Um, because their offense just isn't gonna carry them, in my opinion. Um, it's it's very clearly that 229 runs allowed that led to them being as good as they were. Um, I I don't know that the, what the Twins did pitching-wise with why they were so great, but 215 seems astronomically low. Um, and then Cleveland, obviously, their pitching staff is significantly worse than what it was last season. Um, and then, well, not significantly worse, but they lost a few key pieces at the trade deadline. Um, and then they're talking about trading away offense. Um so I, I guess like I, I could see Cleveland also being just as good, assuming they hold on to their offense as it is. Um, but I'm I'm gonna stick with it. I think that Minnesota will will still be in, but I think the White Sox will definitely get over the hump and win the Central. Um, team making the World Series out of the AL. Mm. Mm. <clears throat> I oh, man um well, I'll just go out and say it. It's hard to do the White Sox. That's who we're that's who we're rooting for. Yeah. White Sox are as much as I have come to like the Yankees, the White Sox are my first AL team. Uh living on the south side of Chicago. Um we have the mutual hatred for the Cubs. Uh, the White Sox were already good last year. 
I am a personal fan of their coach hiring. Um, I think they're going to, they're going to be just fine. They had one of the best offenses in the league last year. Um, I think we're going to do pretty, pretty good. Pretty good. I think that that's a solid choice. I'm going to say that the Yankees offense stays healthy. I'm mm-hmm. going to say the Yankees bullpen doesn't melt down as many times as it did. Okay. okay. I'm I'm gonna say you could be in the Cardinals boat too. All these things have to be all these boxes checked. (laughs) Yep. I'm I'm gonna say I'm gonna say that we're yeah. I'm I'm gonna go that the Yankee offense carries them a little further than what it did. Man, but without Lemayhew right now, that's that's why I'm trying. Steal away Lemayhew. I think yeah. that's an even bigger contender to yeah. make the playoffs. I'm no, yeah, I I gotta agree with you. As as the rosters are right now, I, I I can't go against the White Sox with the makeup that it is right now. I think that the Yankees will look better come the start of spring training than they do right now, um, but they don't currently. So if we're deal with the White Sox hitting. It's yeah, just not, they don't. They might be able to keep up, but their White Sox also got some good pitching. So. They do. Yeah, the White Sox are are pretty good, and they're under new management with the guy that's been there before. Um, it the White they Sox are gonna be there. yeah, White Sox are gonna be a tough team to beat for sure. Um, so yeah, I'll I'll say I'll I'll agree. White Sox, San Diego World Series. Um, that's a good World Series. Though, it yeah. it is a pretty good World Series. I I personally think. That with that World Series, for a winner, I'm going to say White Sox in six over the Padres. Did you mute yourself? Did I lose you? No, I guess I lost you. I didn't hear the question. Oh, no, I just, I said that I think it'll be uh, the White Sox and six over, or yeah, the White Sox and six over the Padres. Mm. 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 Yeah, I'll go White Sox and seven. We'll go White Sox and seven. Okay. I just, I don't. Out of the World Series. Yeah, I, I just, I don't think I. Yeah, I think the I think the lack of Clevenger this year will be the difference maker for the Padres. Um, but I think that they're uh, assuming everything everyone stays healthy and whatnot. I think that the the Padres are in great spot to win it in twenty in twenty twenty two. But got to get through twenty twenty one first. So I will I will say White Sox over the Padres in six games for 2021. That is our our pre 2021 2021 predictions. Yep, book them now. Um, uh, if we both think the White Sox, we should uh, make a bet on it now. Let's see what the Chicago White Sox line is. World Series. Uh oh, the White Sox are co-favorites to win the AL Central. The White Sox are an eleven to one to win the twenty twenty one World Series. So we win eleven hundred dollars, put up a hundred bucks, eleven hundred dollars. Nah, because then we'll be rooting for the White Sox all year, and you don't want to do that. 
Yeah. We'll think about it. The odds go up. We'll think about it. Probably not. <laughs> Probably not. We could put a... Man, 100 to 1 odds for the Tigers, Royals, and Pirates. <clears throat> hey, just think about if you were the guy that put $100 on the Blues every year until they won it. Yeah. You think financially that had to have paid off? Um, yeah, maybe, I guess. Like, I mean, it would have been, what, 50K that you would have dropped? Or a little more than that? What was it, the 51st year that the Blues won the Cup? Yeah, I don't even, not 50. Uh, if you put 100 down uh, every yeah, year. Yeah, so I thought you said 1,000. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, okay. my bad. Man, I thought you said a thousand. My bad. Doing doing wrong math. Quick math. Quick math. <laughs> two plus two equal four. Right. Quick math. Uh, I only played snake on the scientific calculator. <laughs> but uh, yeah. So I think that's everything. We're we're at a little over two hours. Not the end of the world. But uh, I mean you're off. So you don't care. Yeah, <laughs> I am off. I'm off all week. I'm off the rest of the year. I'm not coming back till 2021. Yeah. <laughs> um, but anything else you wanna you wanted to add on your radar or anything I'm, like that? I'm gravy train. Yeah. All right. I guess I'm gonna refresh MLB.com one more time to see if there's any new random stuff. Um, do they have details on this? No. No details on the Kim deal yet. Still. Cool. All right. Yeah, because I think he's flying to America. He's got to pass the physical. Yeah. Um, but I did read an article while we were uh, in podcast that apparently you Darvish didn't even know about the deal uh, um, uh, that he, he got traded before it was uh, reported. So yet again, another player. It's like, how do, not, how do players like not – how did players not get to find that shit out first, you know? The media. Anywho, that's all I got. Um, yeah, sounds good. Um, there's an article I'm going to read right when we wrap this up that says uh, San Diego Padres just might be baseball's best team. Uh, so it be interesting to see what they're, what kind of picture they're painting there. But uh, we'll uh, tune in next week unless we come across any reason why we won't record. Can't see why we wouldn't, though. Uh, So thanks for tuning in, and until next week, stay cool. Peace.